Anyways, hello. Good to see you. Likewise. Good to see you. Yeah. It's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Has, has it been a minute? No. It's, it's, wasn't it's the last been, time? Well, it was July, right? It was July 1st. So if we were to calculate how many minutes that was, uh, it'd be a lot of minutes. But anyways, yeah. So uh, this, this is one of our first episodes where we decided, and it's already going great, uh, where we decided not to have a set theme or film or something we're going to talk about, and we are just going to wing it. So uh, let's see how this goes. Uh, so anyways, last few months, uh, we both had very uh, busy uh, months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I relocated from the Los Angeles area to Northern California. So that took up a lot of time. It's been a great move, though. Uh, we're now in Calaveras County up in the mountains, uh, hence why I'm all bundled up. And you were over on the East Coast for a while. You're back yep. in L.A. You're in sunny L.A., as I can see. And uh, just uh, navigating these strange times of COVID, the election, uh, the impending zombie apocalypse, uh, all that jazz. Uh, it's It's been it's been. I don't know. It's been a crazy year, but I mean, everyone says that maybe this is the way it should be. Yeah. Keep us on our toes. Exactly. And look at it this way. Uh, the Dodgers won the world series. I, I, I came back to the city of champions. There Dodgers you go. And Lakers. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Shoot. Uh, two teams that I don't really care about. So <laughs> I just felt like bringing it up. Uh, you almost got a spit take. Yeah, there we go. But in all fairness, I really haven't followed, professional sports in like 20 years, uh, you know, aside from boxing and, uh, MMA. And, uh, also as of last weekend, uh, I watched the first official, uh, Lethway championship on U S soil. So, uh, for people that don't know, and, uh, even yourself, you didn't see my post Lethway is the Burmese kickboxing art. It's the art of nine limbs because they use the fists, the elbows, the knees, the legs, and the headbutt. So, uh, unfortunately, their stream had a ton of issues, and uh, I was watching the final fight, and it's like it's towards the end. You're like, okay, and then just pauses and freezes up, and I'm like, again, and I'm like, and then suddenly it comes back, and the fight's over. I'm like, son of a gun. But uh, it's all now free on YouTube on their uh, official channel, Sparta Sports or whatever it is. So you can check it out there. But uh, yeah, otherwise. Is is that the version, and I've heard rumors of it, but is that the version where if someone gets knocked out, you wait for them to recover, then you get back up and you continue? Precisely, my friend. Yeah. So it's like you you get five minutes, I think, to resuscitate your fighter. (laughs) Uh, And it's also the fight where traditional rules as this one was fought is there is no decisions it's knockout or it's a draw so that's why you'll see some of these fighters and they'll be like oh 10 wins that's good and then you see how many draws they have 37 what the hell but that's just traditional rules so if you're the for example if you're the champ and it's a draw you keep your belt so that's like a successful title defense but uh excuse me it's something in my throat not trying to advertise my awesome Bruce Lee mug. So this is the mug that starts off with just that Bruce Lee text. And then uh-huh. when you put hot liquid in it, he appears. Just like he's going to uh, at the end of this year on his 80th birthday, which is in like two weeks, November 27th, he's going to appear with Tupac it, it, and Elvis. Oh, with Tupac, okay. Yeah. I was wondering who was, who was bringing with him. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, so, uh, what else have you been up to just working remotely? Obviously, uh, have you been training? I have been tr- on and off, you know, it, it's, it, it got a little complicated, uh, to train with someone. So I just, at the start of each month, I basically make a plan of how many, I mean, my bare minimum is how many pushups I'm going to do that month, how many like curls or core ah. exercise I want to do that month. And then I just... Uh, log them every single day through the month and add it up and see if I get there and also miles. So I'm doing that. And then uh, of course I'm doing some online training, but it's, there's nothing like actually training with someone. Well, the or, other difficult part is uh, you sent to me in the mail, almost all of your cardio kickboxing DVDs and workouts, uh, uh, I, <laughs> including the Don Nyam nitro one, which is nitro amazing. Kick, yeah. Yeah. You, nitro did kick. you try it? Uh, I haven't tried it yet simply because I'm afraid of the awesomeness 
Okay. You actually do it rarely when I'm doing a workout, do I actually curse during the workout? And you know this because you've, you've been present when I've worked yeah. out and his, his will inspire some, uh, some cursing because it actually oh. is effective. Ah. Not that the other workouts aren't effective. I'm just saying like there, he, he, he turns it up a notch. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of home workouts and cardio kickboxing, yes. you had an exciting encounter last week. Uh, yes, absolutely exciting. So, uh, we're driving in Burbank, but wait, let's, um, let's, let's yeah. preface this because the night before this happened, you watched the last boy scout for the first time, which the is the first time. And yeah, I had no one idea. of my favorites. And you didn't know that in the opening sequence, the great opening sequence of the football game. And then, uh, <laughs> the player kills himself and he's played by Billy blanks. It's yeah. probably his biggest mainstream role. And if I'm not mistaken, he just <laughs> says something like life's a bitch and he shoots himself in the head. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you bring that up. You're like, oh, I've never watched. I was like, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. Then the next day. Less, yeah. Less than, less than 12 hours later, I'm driving through Burbank headed towards like a, you know, one of the box stores, Walmart. Um, and I see this black uh, pickup truck in front of us. License plate, vanity plate. It says Tybo on it. And I'm like, that's Billy Blanks or else a major fan of Billy Blanks. So I pull up right <laughs> next to him. I pull up right next to the car and when it, windows are tilt, tinted, but you can kind of make out who's inside. Not really. And I just like, I roll down. This is like, and there's a, you know, not, I guess we're doing video now. So I wasn't actually rolling down a manual. I was doing it, you know, the button push down, roll down the window. Um, I keep looking over and then finally this guy rolls down the window and it is none other than Billy blanks himself. And I just start like giving him the thumbs up. I'm like, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for all that you've done in this world. And then I'm with uh, my partner, Emily, and she's yelling, thank you for keeping us in shape in 2020. And he's like, what's that? And I'm like, she said, thanks for keeping us in shape in 2020. And he's just so friendly. He's like, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, glad you guys are having a good, you know, doing well. And like, he's, you know, he's, he's uh, super humble. And then I'm like, you know, we're not only fans of the workout, I'm a big fan of your movies. <laughs> and of course the movie that just pops out of my head is uh, out of my mouth is showdown. I'm like, showdown was great. And you know, I'm like bouncing off the, off the car ceiling, like giving him thumbs up. I'd love showdown. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, and he's like, oh, I had a lot of fun making that movie. And he told me about his, he has a, he had just uh, finished shooting a new Geigo commercial the day before. So he said, keep an eye out for that. And then, um, you know, the light turned green. We went on our separate ways. I thanked him again. And uh, a couple lights later, I'm having to turn left. So I'm now on the left turn lane and I'm kind of, I could pull up and just like be right beside him again. I'm just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want him to think like I'm, you know, super crazy. I mean, obviously I've already said that showdown's great instead yeah. of like talking about last boy scout or anything i'm talking uh -huh. showdown and uh, so i just give him a little room and then left turn signal goes first so as i go he's like looking over and like waving at us and i'm like oh he's he's the best so i just wave back and and that's awesome and it's always great to hear when someone's so cool uh and obviously the advantages of living in la is you can randomly run into people like that yeah. but for listeners excuse me that don't know showdown so a lot of people don't even know that billy blanks in fact when i bring this up uh, I'll be like Billy Blanks. They're like, who? I'm like, Ty Bo. They're like, oh yeah, Ty Bo. I'm like, no, his name's not Ty Bo. It's Billy Blanks. <laughs> yes. So those are the people that really don't know who he is. But then people who recognize the name Billy Blanks are like, oh yeah, the Ty Bo guy. And I'll say, yeah, well, and you know, most people know that he was obviously a martial artist and, you know, yeah. had a championship level background. But then I'll say, oh yeah, he also had a film career. And people are so shocked. Like, really? And obviously his biggest role in a mainstream film was the last boy scout but he yeah. had kind of a, the a b level straight to video career uh you know maybe even c level some of the movies but he was in for example he was the main villain in king of the kickboxers one of the most classic uh early 90s martial arts films especially from the american end that was made hong kong co-production of seasonal film starring lauren abaddon keith cook who we interviewed previously and yep. he had talked about Billy a bit, if I'm not mistaken, in our interview. But so he had a couple roles like that. But Showdown was uh, so technically he was he was like the co-star because what Showdown was was one of the like dozens of Karate Kid <laughs> yes. inspired and by inspired I mean pretty much ripping off the plot films. Uh, the exact same setup: new kid in the high school mm -hmm. uh, makes the mistake of talking to the bully's girl, whatever. And then Billy Blanks is the Mr. Miyagi role. And uh, except for he's also the school janitor. 
<laughs> and he's also a former uh, DE agent or detective of some sort. Uh, the bad guys played by Patrick Kilpatrick. The bullies played by Ken McLeod, another great early '90s martial arts guy, yeah. uh, college kickboxers, right? Uh, and it was a very early role for uh, uh, oh Christine Taylor, aka yes. Mrs. Ben Stiller. So uh, she's in that as the uh, Elizabeth Shue character would have been in The Karate Kid. <laughs> so the funny part is that that is a classic, obviously, for us. But even in terms of his own films, it's not like he was the star, right? You could have said uh, was like Power of Balance or Balance of Power. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Balance of yes. Power, which is the one he starred with Mako. And he had a few other starring roles. But uh, yeah, even Tough and yeah. Deadly. I could have like come up with any other film. Yep. But that's like the one that came out, you know? And unfortunately for uh, you and I, we have a history of doing this when we meet these celebrities. As, <laughs> yeah. as I've told you before, when I met Carl Weathers in the summer of 2008 in Gold's <laughs> Gym, I was living in LA for an internship. Uh, my first time living in LA, it was only for a few months, it was uh, like three or four months. And I had never met really, aside from going to Dragon Fest when I was younger, you know, where I grew up, you didn't run into celebrities. I was in Central Valley, Northern California. And so when I ran to him in the gym, I was just blown away. And it's like, oh man. I could have said the Rocky films. I could have said Predator. I could have even gone a different direction and been like, oh, Happy Gilmore. But instead, it was, I told him, I loved you in Action Jackson. Yes. He's just like, thanks, son. Yeah. And I, afterwards, I was like, Action Jackson? Well, don't get me wrong. I love Action Jackson. But I was like, oh, it's great. Like, I could have picked something like way more established. Uh, but hey, you know what? It came from the heart. Hey, and you, you, uh, I'm really happy you mentioned Action Jackson and Carl Weathers because I think you know that I had once gone to a midnight screening of uh, Action Jackson at mm -hmm. uh, the New Beverly Cinema. They had these pins from the movie back in the day. It was like Action Jackson 88, sort of like a take on, you know, uh, political. That was the one of the right. political years. So I had that pin for a couple of years. And when he was doing a, a Predator screening at the American Cinema Tech, which was a double bill with Action Jackson, I took the pin and he actually signed yeah. it for me. Oh, nice. So, I don't remember you I, telling me about how he signed I, it. I may not have. I, I have it like, it's like one of my prized treasures because, I mean, it's it's such an oddball pin. So, in and other words, then, if if your uh, partner Emily was to say, it's either the pen or me, it's the pen stain. Uh, no comment. Yeah. But the pen is stained. <laughs> the pin goes on the shirt. There you go. There you go. But it's funny because earlier in uh, the, the lockdown, I went to watch Action Jackson with Jessica, but then I'm um, so I'm on Prime and I was like, all right, I'm going to have to rent it or buy it. But then I ran across Hurricane Smith, which was a film oh. of his uh, that I'd never seen. And suddenly it's available to buy on Prime and it was on like a sale for like three bucks. I was like, let me watch this trailer. <laughs> I watched the trailer. It's epic. I'm like, holy crap. Like, I've, I've always heard of this movie, but never even seen the trailer, uh, blah, blah. So in the, the trailer, just whoever did that is a genius because yes. I will say the movie was terrible. Horrible. You know, it, it, I remember getting the text from me because that's that's the movie I've always wanted to get my hands on yeah. ever since seeing Action Jackson because it's like Action Jackson Jackson should have had a sequel. Yes. Everyone who's seen that realizes that. And so yes. I've always felt like, oh, Hurricane Smith must be the closest thing that they came to a sequel. But now it's definitely in line with what they call Ozploitation. So like low budget, low budget Aussie films. <laughs> okay. And if I'm not mistaken, it's another one of those things where I, it's Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers had a contract with Carl Weathers. And a lot of times, and this is what happened with uh, Bruce Lee and the silent flute. So pretty much, you know, uh, when film companies have like distribution all over the world and they have offices all over the world, sometimes certain amount of money that's made internationally is legally obligated to be used in these certain countries, or it mm -hmm. has to be brought back to these countries for local film production, for example. And if I'm not mistaken, that's what Hurricane Smith was. They had to shoot <laughs> in Australia. And probably for Carl Weathers, he had a great vacation because where they were shooting looked beautiful. But that's exactly yeah. what happened with Bruce Lee and the Silent Flute. When they greenlit it, uh, they're like, all right, but the thing is you have to shoot it in India because we have frozen assets in India, like money that we've made that we have to use and throw back into their economy or whatever, which is why I yeah. think a lot of people are like, oh, cool. Bruce Lee and James Coburn like wanted to go shoot in India. It's like, well, <laughs> maybe, but it was just, that's, that's the only way it got greenlit. And then obviously, as we know, it ended up not happening because they couldn't find the shooting locations they wanted. And instead, yeah. a few years later, we got Circle of Iron with David Carradine. So it is yeah. what it is.
But uh, uh, have you have you uh, watched anything new martial arts wise that uh, caught your attention or? But, well, I mean, yes. Okay. I, yeah. So I saw is it's called Welcome to Sudden Death. I guess it's not Sudden Death. <laughs> we we had a, we had a text exchange about this. Yes, you I know. too watched Welcome to Sudden Death, which for a hot minute there, I think was number one on Netflix. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, and that's good because you, you, I want to see more Michael Jai White films. Of course, of course. And uh, obviously, Sudden Death, the original, a classic. Uh, Absolute classic. You know, Van Damme's take on uh, Die Hard pretty much when he was still getting the big budget films. Not my favorite yep. of his. In fact, you know, but it's still a solid 90s action film, right? I guess the only disappointing factor would be not enough fight scenes, which, uh, but otherwise, like if you wanted a classic 90s action film of that style and that era that you haven't seen before, Sudden Death is a great choice. It is. And you're about to get some 90s action right here. Helicopter flying overhead. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, But so Welcome to Sudden Death is by, it's in name only sequel, pretty much just takes the same, plot structure, a lot of the same plot elements and even lines and stuff. And it's a remake that just came out on Netflix starring Michael Jai White. Uh, His wife, Jillian White, has a small role in it. And yeah, so uh, what did you think of the film? I thought that it it lacked Powers Booth. That that (laughs) is an excellent critique because I agree. I agree. The first film, obviously, as Gavin just hinted at, Powers Booth was the villain. Powers Booth, a classic uh, uh, 80s, 90s actor, actually Shakespearean trained, if I'm not mistaken. He began at the, uh, in Oregon at the Shakespeare Festival in uh, Ashland. Really? Yeah, so he's a classically trained actor. For action fans, you may remember him from uh, Rapid Fire with Brandon Mm -hmm. Lee, of course. Uh, Tombstone, uh, a lot of great roles. And he... He's just so in the original one over the top in all the best ways, like intentionally. And he's yeah. a great, great villain, which this new one was definitely lacking. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about what, like what we would have done to change this. I mean, obviously I think that my, the one suggestion or the one thought that came to me the most was if you were going to make a sequel um, or a sequel in name only make it an actual sequel and have Van Damme have had such a difficult life from sudden death one to sudden death two that he's flipped and become the bad guy playing the same character. Uh, then you could have actually had a, a martial art fight scene at the end of the movie, uh, that, uh, could have resonated with some great kicks. Uh, Oh yeah. Well, but, uh, I'm not sure if we, we'd, uh, we'd ever get that again. Cause if you're, if you recall the two of them had already worked together in yeah. universal soldier, yeah. Uh, wait, God, what was that one called? Uh, Universal Soldier. Was that four uh, or five? <laughs> well, no, no. So technically not counting the TV movies, that would have been, okay. So, okay, we'll count the TV movies. Two, and three, the TV- that would have been the fourth one. Universal mm-hmm. Soldier, not uh, uh, Regeneration? No, Universal Soldier. Uh, oh my gosh, we're, we're getting old, dog. I, I would have... I'm going to have to look that up real quick. Let's see here. While while Uh, you're looking that up, you do realize that the TV movies had a very special actor in them. Yes. Yes, you are correct. Uh, Universal Soldier. uh, The Return. There we go. Which is, in my opinion, really underrated. uh, Because, I mean, obviously, Michael J. White is fantastic. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bill Goldberg's in it, right? And it has some Mm -hmm. well-done fight scenes. And... Uh, Michael J. White actually, I think, talked about it a bit in his recent interview he did on Scott Atkins' show, which is mm-hmm. fantastic, by the way. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Because that's mostly what I've been watching during uh, the last <laughs> few months. But apparently, a lot of the great stuff that he did got edited out. I mean, and this happens in Hollywood. Like, the star wants to be the star, uh, doesn't want to be shown up, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, so, I mean... There, there's a lot more that could have been done with this new uh, sudden death film. Obviously, it was a very low budget film, and they made the most of it. Uh, and they? so, yeah, I'd say fans of Michael J. White definitely check it out, of course. But for me, so you watched that one. For me, we both of us actually have definitely been watching Scott Atkins' YouTube show he does, yes. which makes the rest of us uh, look terrible just because he's such a good host. He's able to connect with and resonate with these uh, action stars on a whole nother level than us because, A, he's as big of a fan as we are. Not going to say bigger, as big. Uh, 
equally as nerdy, but the fact that he himself is like the biggest martial arts star on the planet now, he can connect with them in a way that we never could. And on top of that, he's worked with a lot of these individuals mm -hmm. and he's just, he's just gotten so many great interviews. And the good part is he just announced on social media a couple of days ago, he's going to continue doing the show, but he's currently shooting uh, with Dolph Lundgren, Castle Falls, the film they yeah. started at the beginning of the year that got shut down because of COVID. And so he's back on there. He already has a couple episodes recorded that they have to edit and they're going to release those, but he's going to keep doing this, which is great. And I love that uh, because just the insight we've gotten. Uh, one of my personal favorite episodes is the Jeff Speakman one. And we, was, we did a whole episode yes. on the perfect weapon. So we love that film. It was great to see him on there. Very moving, very touching. Uh, there's been some great insight, even from not necessarily like, well-recognized stars but you know he's done behind the scenes people like jude poyer where they break mm -hmm. down i'm not sure if you watched that when they break down a ton of these hong kong action sequences that jude poyer for people that don't know is a british martial artist stuntman that worked for years in hong kong uh he's back in the uk now he just did the gangs of london tv show uh very talented individual but he also in his time working in hong kong got to know a lot of these people and get insight on how they shot a lot of these films. So there's a whole episode where he and Scott, I can just play clips from classic Hong Kong cinema, break them down. He explains how they did it. And that's really cool. Uh, I definitely enjoyed what, what are some of the other ones? I, I mean, I like them all, but uh, the Dolph Lundgren episode was cool, of course. And then he managed to get Mr. Aikido himself, Steven Seagal, which was a yeah. very interesting episode. It, uh, I almost feel like, at that point, everyone should just there's, there. There can be no podcast that ever follows that interview, and and they should have just taken that interview and put it on sixty minutes. It's at that. Uh, it's sort of at that groundbreaking caliber, uh, never before seen, never will be yeah. seen again. And all I've got to say is, uh, my hats off or my beanie off to Mr. Scott Atkins for being as professional as he was in that interview. Really, I suggest everyone watch that one, but don't try to fact check it because you will be busy the whole darn time. Uh, and there's definitely some some interesting factoids that Steven Seagal claims about himself and his career mm -hmm. uh, that. Well, I'll, I'll just watch watch the episode if you haven't. Yeah, and and you're right. It's not something to fact check. It's something to experience, and it's uh, it's almost like uh, um, I'd say old Russian cinema, like the where you're just experiencing something, and don't try to figure it out. At one point, uh, a revelation might come to you. This is the Battleship Potemkin of uh, <laughs> yes. podcast interviews, but. Uh, yes. And then his most recent one was Gary Daniels, who you and I yeah. are both huge fans of. He was a huge inspiration for me that I feel like I don't even talk about it enough. Uh, but as a kid, I mean, he was he was the man for me because he had all of the above. He had that yeah. legit championship kickboxing background I always idolized. But he also had the incredible physique, like Stallone status physique. But then he had the the kickboxing abilities and kicking abilities of like, a Lauren Abaddon, right? I mean, the kicking mm -hmm. abilities and the kickboxing abilities of like a Benny the Jet. Then he also had the Kung Fu uh, background. So that's, that's a great episode too. The only uh, knock I had, I had on that one is I wanted to hear more specifically from Gary Daniels about his actual like specific martial arts background. And he even jokingly yeah. says he's talked about it in a ton of interviews, but not really. Those are all kind of written ones. I wanted to see him on camera talking about it especially yeah. the hybrid system he started off in, which was like Mongolian Kung Fu, uh, which from doing a little bit of research myself, you, you see it's kind of, it was just like a hybrid Kung Fu school, not actually Mongolian Kung Fu per se. But then, you know, I want him to talk more about his time at the Jet Center. And he briefly brings it up and he briefly talks about talking about our mutual sensei and coach, Peter Sugarfoot mm -hmm. Cunningham. So I would have just loved to hear more about that, but otherwise another great interview. And I've, like really been enjoying watching those uh, looking forward to every time those drop and definitely been my favorite. Uh, I'm not even gonna call it podcast because technically it's a YouTube show. So my favorite YouTube show as of late. Yeah. It, it's absolutely something to tune in for. And what I do uh, with that episode, with that show is be 
I, I actually want to block out the amount of time that it's on. Like with some YouTube shows or some podcasts, I'll listen and pause, listen and pause. This is, this is something you sit down and watch and, and just truly enjoy. I mean, if you're doing errands around the house or if you're like working out while you listen, that's, that's, you know, that's fine. But it's like one of these things where I just like to just dive into and, and just fully enjoy them. So I haven't watched the Gary Daniels one yet. I've been saving that. Go for, for it, my man. For a special the thing day. is like you, I've been choosing to do it. For example, like my post-workout stretching, which can take anywhere yeah. from as little as five to as long as like 20 or 30 minutes. And that's a lot of time where I'll watch these shows because I'm sitting there in prolonged stretches, right? Yeah. Uh, more like kind of therapeutic type uh, recovery stretches where I, I'm just sitting there for minutes at a time, not moving. And it's like the perfect space for me, or I'm sitting in my leg stretching machine, uh, yeah. wishing I could get half the flexibility of Gary Daniels. Of course, it's so funny. <laughs> they'll show clips from it as I'm sitting there and I look down at my legs and how they're they're like maybe a V at best. And it's like, wah, wah, wah. I'm like, Oh man. One speaking, day. speaking of your leg stretching machine, is it like the, is it one of those that you would actually get at the, in the back of like a Kung Fu magazine where you actually like crank it now, slowly? Let, let me tell you, let me tell you as a kid in the late nineties, I did get the flex master five from Bill Super okay. Wallace that was in the back of, it was a century century brand as is this okay. one I have now. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Sentry. And I got, once again, I ordered out of the back of a magazine, which would have been probably inside Kung Fu, because that's the one I had a uh, subscription for that yeah. like my, my aunt and uncle gave it to me every year for Christmas. And so the funny part is that year at Christmas, because I had asked for one, uh, I get, it was like an envelope or something that was stuffed in my stocking. And I'm like, this is weird. What's this? And I open it up and I pull out and it's the page ripped out of the magazine. And it just, it was backlogged by like a month. So we ordered this for you for Christmas. It'll be here in three weeks. And I was like, yeah. And then, but that thing was heavy as hell. The original Flex Master 5. And it was the crank one. What this is, it's Century's newest like version of it. So it's, it's like a halfway in between the big old giant crank one with a wheel. And, okay. you know, just the little portable one that you like, you just push and stretches your legs. It's like halfway between the two of those. So it's very okay. light but it actually has a pulley system that oh. stretches your legs and locks. So it's really, it's, it's like the best of both worlds. And it's, it's a great little piece of machinery. Uh, I'm probably going to review it actually on our now up and functioning YouTube channel, but there's, there's a few little things like you have to make sure your back's against the wall. If you want to be perfectly, mm -hmm. otherwise you start to slip forward and you, yeah. you have to put some sort of kind of weighted device in the front. So once again, it doesn't shift forward, but mm -hmm. as long as you're against a wall, you, I have like a 30 pound medicine ball in the front of it. You get a nice stretch. Like at the end, my legs are doing the shakes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because uh, now, uh, as you probably know, and, uh, our listeners will find out as I'm posting more videos, I now have a home gym where I moved to. Mm -hmm. So I built uh, a gym in my house, a fitness dojo as I'm calling it. So that's been great for me and my training. I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, obviously, gonna, right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I actually was going to ask you about that. Cause I want to like talk about this new training center that you have, which is like the, the rabbits, the rabbit center, the and rabbit, hole. Have, the rabbit, holes, the rabbit hole. Oh, I like it. it. The rabbit so hole. We, so yeah. Yeah. And then also have, what you're doing with the, yeah. with some of the videos. For sure. So, uh, obviously I'm mostly training by myself right now as COVID has been this whole time. I, the only person I've trained with off and on is my, my teammate and kind of my secondary coach Herman, uh, who is like our, uh, as you might call our senpai or our hindai or a shushyong in sugarfoot kickboxing, meaning like our eldest student, right? Uh, and so throughout COVID the whole time, he's the only one I've even trained with. And each time we have our masks on stuff. And so he was our first visitor we just had last week too. Uh, he got tested twice. I mean, we take it very seriously because uh, you have especially to. in my uh, family, you know, I have people I have to look out for. Uh, think of what you will about COVID or whatever, but and, you know, for me, it's just all about, you know, I don't, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm not taking any chances. So either which way, not, not until, our first... yeah, not until after the recount, then it'll, it'll yeah. disappear. <laughs> of course. Now the election's <laughs> over, it's gone. But yeah. uh, anyway, so he came to visit last week and I did some training with him. We saw a little video, which we already posted. But for me, as I've jokingly been saying, this is kind of my Masoyama moment of training. And I think it should be for everyone. And for those who don't know what I'm referring to, Masoyama uh, probably one, 
one of the most famous karatekas of all time, most famous of the 20th century, probably one of the most significant figures of martial arts in the 20th century next to Bruce Lee and uh, Gracie and uh, individuals like that. But uh, he had spent two different points of his early karate career or life training up in the mountains by himself. Uh, he had sponsors that would like send him up food. And I think it was, he did two different times. And I want to say that six months was the longest he lasted. He'd always wanted to do a year. I could definitely be mistaken with that, but he is the creator of Kyokushin Kai Karate. Uh, and apparently a training partner and friend of Steven Seagal's, if you want to, uh, <laughs> listen to what Seagal said on that episode, either which way. So I've been honing a lot of my own individual skills, you know, stuff that, uh, I've worked on for years and like were kind of strong points of mine that I've, mm-hmm. I, I always utilize, but kind of put to the, the side, like, okay, I don't need to work this as much as I try to improve my boxing and this and that. So now I'm taking that opportunity, like, all right, now I'm going to go back to some of my old skills and really work on those, the stuff that is in my control. Okay. Conditioning that's in my control. I'm always on top of it, but now I'm like, all right, I've been breaking down a lot of my workouts and been like, all right, what was I overtraining? What was I undertraining? What works for me? Uh, what was a little too much? Cause sometimes you know, I always say less is more, uh, but it's sometimes I don't follow my own advice and I'll get into a routine of like, oh, if I'm not doing this for like at least 30 minutes, it's not worth it. So now I've been finding out, hey, you know, I don't need to train this as much or, hey, I need to train this a little bit more. So uh, and flexibility is one of those things I can work on my mm-hmm. own, uh, more intricate kicking techniques, you know, from like my traditional martial arts background. I mean, I am no wushu practitioner. I was no like competitive Taekwondo fighter, but you know, I do have that traditional base, which, you know, some of my uh, more tricky kicking techniques uh, that I kind of haven't been working on in a long time. I've been trying to work on uh, Herman and I last week were working some, some good new stuff that he wants me to try to use once all this is over and we can compete again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just been working on that kind of stuff. Uh experimenting with my, my strength and fitness as always interval training, uh, no sprint work. And I'm excited to share it with everyone. So that's why I'm going to start doing and kind of just putting my personal workouts. No, for, for you personally, are you, are you logging? Are you like, how do you chart, uh, over training, under training? Are you just like, kind of, do you do it digitally analog or are you just all in your brain, which I guess would kind of be analog or how yeah. are you, how are I'm you charting old- your progress? I'm a little old school like that. So I write stuff down while I write down my workouts. Like this is my workout for the next few months or, you know, and when I'm really strict with my diet, same thing. And then it's more so at the end of the week, I'll be like, how do I feel like, or how did I, and how did I perform? So for me, when I'm getting ready for a fight and I'm in the gym and I'm sparring, you know, at least twice a week uh, and stuff, that's a good way for me to test it. Like, Hey, what was my energy level like this week? Mm -hmm. Okay. I slept great every night. I had plenty of food, good food but I didn't, I was just tired in this. So, okay, my sprint works a little much or, oh, this week was perfect. What was I doing for the last few weeks? Or, and for me, a lot of that comes down to, it's hard to do it week by week. So even let's say if I have a fight or a competition and Mm -hmm. I do like incredible, everything went right. I'll go back and look at my training routine I made for that camp, Mm -hmm. uh, which I don't even necessarily take daily notes. I just at the beginning be like, this is what I'm going to do, blah, 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 blah. I'll be like, all right, what worked, what didn't, and that's for me the best way to analyze it. But I, I'm very old school like that. And I think that comes from my background when I first started fitness stuff of, you know, I was like self-trained. So I did a lot of old school bodybuilding stuff. And as scientific, I mean, I think it's a misconception that they weren't scientific about their workouts, like in the golden era of bodybuilding, not at all. But at the same time, they were also old school. You know, a lot of it's based off of feel. So I always read up, you know, on the newest stuff. I have tons of uh, books that I go back and reread. And I'm very much about modern training methodologies and functional training, which is what I'm all about. Uh, But at the same time, sometimes people go a little over the top for what I would like to do, but more power to them. You know, if they're hooked up to all these monitors and everything, if that works for them, great. I go a lot by feel, like you said, like I I, I can feel my body. I'm very in tune, you know, uh, with what's working for me or not. And remember, as, as good as modern functional training is, there is such thing as too much of a good thing. And I was joking with Sifu Alex the other day, our previous guest, about like, you know, these people like a way over the top, like, all right, I'm going to do a lunge on a, uh, you know, a yoga ball while I have my back foot on top of someone's shoulder as they're riding a unicycle and I'm doing lunges. It's like, no, the, the, the more intricate it is doesn't necessarily make it better. Sometimes 
you do have to make it a little more intricate or proprioceptive, like balance challenging, especially if you don't have all the modalities you'd have in a regular gym. Like, oh, I only have a 20 pound dumbbell. Oh, I can't do workouts. That's not true. You're going to have to try to challenge your balance a little bit, make it more multi-planar. You're working side to side and stuff, but there, you don't want to go too over the top. So, uh, very long-winded answer, but yes, I am. I definitely, I write things down. I keep track of my workouts, but a lot of it also comes down to how I feel and how I perform. So right now it's, it's a little bit harder in the sense, like, how do I perform? Because I'm mostly training by myself. I'm not doing a lot of sparring, which when it comes down for me, that's the main thing. How do I perform in sparring slash how do I perform in my fights? So to me, it sounds like you're uh, a little more Rocky and a little less Drago when it comes to Rocky four. I, uh, I definitely, if I had to pick one or the other, I'm going to pick Rocky simply because I'm not a combi bastard. Um, so no, that's really interesting. So it's good. Yeah. I'd like to, it's, it's really, uh, I don't know for me, it's I'm, I'm more effective in my life and let me know if the, the, the gardener's too loud because I can mute oh, myself. No, no. You're, you're a little so, off the camera right now, though. Your oh. your head, yeah. Okay, there we go. Better. All right, all right. So, um, yeah, for me, like, I'm. That's one thing I'm doing a little more during this time. I'm I'm definitely journaling more, and mm. whether it's just uh, doing a monthly, my you know, I go into my calendar and say this this the, we talked about like I want to do this many push ups, this many you know uh, core exercises through the month, and I log that. But like by logging, I'm now finding more consistency and then I'm, you know, adding in the other workouts that I do. And like one thing I'm doing right now is my friend, uh, Tadeo Arnold, he does this workout called Cuerpaso. So I like, we either like do it through zoom with him or we've gone out to, to Santa Monica and then on the beach with him, you know, socially distance and, you know, everything. And he, he works out with his sisters who also like perform in, uh, um, like on TV, they're, they're tap dancers and also oh. doing Ted talks. So they're getting, so everyone's getting COVID tests. So it's all, you know, just good, you know, for those, for those people who, you know, who choose to, to work out in groups, if you, if you want to do it, uh, the way where smart. everyone's taking care of itself. Yeah. You can yeah. do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I find that there's, there's definitely more consistency and you can chart. I can chart like how I'm doing, uh, looking back on the week and looking back on the month saying, Oh, I see where I dipped. And then this is also where this increased at, uh, and at work or my stress increased or, you know, like how I manage my stress. It's definitely related to the numbers of, uh, of working out and consistency with that workout. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk to you. Now you say you're sharing, you're sharing these, you want to share your experience. You've posted some videos. Well, I posted one. The other one, uh, final edit will be done today. You've been giving me some great insights. So hopefully that'll drop tomorrow morning, maybe. Okay. Like first thing in the morning, I have to get up super early. So I'll drop that. But it's just a sample workout of what I do. Yeah. Uh, so, and then that'll be the first one. And then I'm just going to try to make it a regular thing. Nice. That's good. And I think like, you know, listeners can, you know, listeners and viewers can follow along. Like for me, it's like during this time, like I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm working out alone at home or occasionally with someone through, through a camera. Uh, so like being able to like see what you're doing, it helps, uh, it helps see areas of where I forget like, oh yeah, dynamic stretching. Oh yeah. That part that's yep. entirely necessary. Otherwise I feel really stiff afterwards, you know, even if yep. I'm just doing shadow kickboxing. Your, your uh, prehab. So prehabilitation, like you're, you're stretching beforehand, and then obviously your post-workout stretching is essential, and it's something that we all yeah. ignore. I've definitely ignored it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One of the worst injuries I ever got in the gym was because when I was in L.A. and I saw the squat rack open, which the joke in L.A. is always, you know, the squat rack's open. Holy shit, let me sprint over there. And that's exactly what I did, and I skipped my warm-up. <laughs> and, yeah, so and that was one of the worst injuries I ever had in the gym. So it's just – What, what muscle you know, was it? Uh, what muscle well, did you hurt? Uh, not going to say, okay, <laughs> not going to say doesn't matter, but, okay. uh, otherwise, yeah, it's like, you just got to do, you know, the little bit of prehab and then post-workout stretching too. And the funny part is I remember as a kid, uh, at my Taekwondo school, uh, definitely, you know, and 
once again, it had its pluses and minuses, right? But one of the great insights I got, remember, uh, I remember one time was the uh, the master saying uh, how you should stretch after your workout. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Stretch after the workout? That's crazy. But, yeah. you know, then 20 years later, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, it is an essential part. And you will yeah. feel so much better later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna see if we can transition because we're talking sure. about like training and everything. And that is something that brings us comfort during this time. Uh, we also talked about a couple of films already, but have and like what we've been watching. But do you have like some go to comfort martial art films that you watch? Do you have like a few that are Hong oh. Kong and a few that are American? Yeah, of course, man. Wow, that's a great, uh, a great one. And OK, so I know as silly as this is. And we've done a whole episode on it. One of my go-to American ones is Martial Law, the film with Cynthia Rothrock and Chad <laughs> yes. McQueen. Uh, but that's only been one in recent years, just since I rediscovered it on Prime. But obviously my go-to one uh, that I've been waiting to watch because I have the Criterion Blu-ray version of it is Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I've tried to like cut myself back on just because that's a definite go-to one for me. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the Samo classics, like I love Skinny Tiger, Fatty Dragon, nice. which by the way, anybody that has the Haya app on Amazon Prime, that's now on there. So uh, Skinny Tiger, Fatty Dragon's a go-to one. And it's exactly what you said. These are comfort films that I just put on sometimes when I have nothing else to watch. And sometimes they, they only stay on for 10 minutes and then I go and do something else. But uh, one of the definite, pretty much a main definite one for me also. So I, I did a Hong Kong one. I did an American one. Uh, Roadhouse is another American one, as is oh. Bloodsport. Bloodsport's yeah. definitely been one over the years. But for I hear me, someone laughing. Uh, oh, she might have been. Uh, yeah. For me, though, Japanese-wise, is like any of the Sunny Chiba films, especially the oh, Street yeah. series. I can put yes. those on any time and just watch them all. In fact, to be honest with you, I think maybe the Street Fighter, the Street Fighter's Revenge, and the Street Fighter's Last Revenge, or sorry, the Street Fighter, Return of the Street Fighter, and the Street Fighter's Last Revenge are three that I could put on anytime and I will sit and watch the whole movies. Yeah. I can definitely and now see that, that I have my remastered uh, Blu-ray versions of them with the uh, Japanese audio too, that is just so much cooler. And uh, those are the ones for me. Uh, how about yourself? So uh, for me, it's funny because like, if, you know, I mean, the Americans films for me have like for a period there were, like the Jeff Wayne Kaw movies, because uh-huh. they're kind of good. Well, they are good yeah. and they're over the top, but I mean like uh, mission of justice, uh, right. uh, running the gauntlet on that. And also like the, the fighting, the, the, the chop, you know, the chop shot people It's just way over the top and people are just going for it. Uh, there's that other movie he did with the with against the Russian mob where he's like fighting in a weight room. It's like the circle where all the Russians are fighting him and he's like throwing weights at them. Um, but for some reason, I haven't gone back to those during this period. It's been a while. And I think, you know, sometimes I like to leave a little space between yeah. the movies I've hit so often. And so the number one movie for me from that, from his collection was Martial Law 2. And I just have like given space because as, as I think I've mentioned before, I, I broke the VHS tape on yeah. one of those by watching it too much. That's, uh, uh, that's me and Enter the Dragon right now. But uh, yeah. not to cut you off before I forget. The other major ones, so for America-wise, as I said, Roadhouse, yeah. Bloodsport, Martial Law, but also all the seasonal films ones. Like I, ta- I mentioned King of the Kickboxers earlier, but all yes, the No yeah. Retreat, Surrender, No Retreat, No Surrender films, King of the Kickboxers, uh, Super Fights, Blood Moon. But the one I've been wanting to go back and rewatch because I haven't watched in years and I have on DVD is American Shaolin. Oh, nice. That's have good. you ever watched that one? I've watched it once, but I have, yeah. not, I have not seen it in a super long time. You know what? I, maybe I'll save it for when you come up to visit. So you okay. guys have to get and up I'm, here. And I'm saving one for you for the Ooh. visit, uh, which is, come on, uh, Sword of Bushido with Richard Norton. Oh, Norn. yeah. With Richard Norton. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. Oh, and that was another one of my go-to ones for sure was Under the Gun, but they took it oh. off Amazon Prime. Under the Gun is so good. So the good. choreography, yeah. Uh, yeah. Forget it's, it. Yeah, it's, one of the, it's one of the best, uh, what I would say so like the seasonal film ones made in America, those are Hong Kong co-productions. They had a Hong Kong crew, but like under the gun is like one of the best, I hate to say Western because technically it's Australia, but uh, like Western martial arts films with like Hong Kong flair that has no Hong Kong production side yeah. to it. But it is, uh, it, 
is just so good. A definite good film. Everyone check that one out. Uh, yeah. And obviously it has coach Kathy Long in there, who's one of my coaches. And so I'm a little biased, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, those are, those are just a select few of my comfort films that I. So watch. what I've been getting into lately or more like over the summer, I got into the kickboxers and particularly ah. kickboxer two, three, four, the story of in two is, is better because you have David, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Goyer. Goyer. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, as the scriptwriter. and David S. Boyer, way, right? Yes, by the way, yes. I want his career now. Um, <laughs> but you have, you have two, two is the better script, but watching part three and four, I'm seeing someone who is sort of, I'm sort of his built, and watching him kick, in particular, so I'm talking about Sasha Mitchell, but with... Um, uh, so I think in part two, they had Benny the Jet as the choreographer, yes. correct? And then in yes. three and four, the choreographer was... Uh, well, Burton oh. Richardson was the choreographer in number four. Uh, okay, Burton three was... Three, I'm not sure who the choreographer was, but I think what you're referring to is his trainer. Yes, And his trainer, trainer was uh, Shooky Ron. Yes, thank who, you. Who uh, is a, a, a famous Muay Thai trainer from Israel, but yeah. trained out of Majiro Gym uh, in Holland. And he actually helped train me for one of my fights he came back to visit house of champions and just stuck around coincidentally enough what, what was one of my fight camps uh and he trained our coach sugarfoot for one of his yeah. fights and he's very good friends with sasha mitchell and he trained sasha mitchell and we've talked about this before because at number yeah. two uh they they obviously benny uh trained sasha mitchell and benny's style is a much more intricate harder one to emulate right yeah and you it need is. that kind of foundation of traditional martial arts uh, yeah. Shooky Ron is much more, uh, Master Shooky is much more of like the Dutch style kickboxing with a very heavily yeah. Muay Thai influence base. And so, yeah. as I always say, Muay Thai is the most basic, but in the best way, because it's so scientific, it, it, it kind of takes away all the unnecessary movements and stuff. And it's just very grounded. And that's the difference yeah. you see between two and three is the it's, way Sasha Mitchell performs. You're like, damn, he looks like a real Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. And so what I've, what I've, so I, I, I had a chance to see train with PD once and that's one actually. So Sensei uh, Cunningham once, and that's uh, Herman was there as well. Uh, so masks, at least two of us were wearing masks. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, um, it was shortly after I had started watching those and I started seeing how he uses his body differently. And I, I, you know, I've been, I don't know. I, I feel a little stagnant in my training. I felt like I had just, you know, I was improving in certain areas, but watching someone my size and also probably with a different background, not like years of martial arts. Like I, when I did martial arts, it was Aikido and then Kung Fu. Right. And then I took a break and just ran track and soccer. Uh, so seeing someone move the way he does and the, the way he's using his hands. Yeah. Uh, it, I felt a lot of improvement going from watching and then training that one time with PD and trying to incorporate it. And then PD started giving me different uh, guidance uh, based on trying to not emulate, but trying to work more my size than rather than trying to uh, be somebody I wasn't. Right. Uh, so did you, did you consciously try to utilize that style that you saw Sasha Mitchell using in kickboxing yes. three? Uh, yes, so you had absolutely. more of the traditional tie stance with your hands up here. Yes. Got it. And then so he and, uh, gave you insight on how to kind of utilize that properly. Yeah, absolutely. And so then, and then I got to see a PD one other time. And that time we were wearing masks because uh, we were at a particular gym that was open at that time. Right. And, uh, and that the Shihan was there. So we were, everyone was wearing masks and uh, he was definitely commenting on how the defense and the hands are better. And he, so it's, for me, it just, it going back. And so, you know, I don't mean to obviously it's turned into like once again, returning to the training, but there's a lot of comfort in being able to watch and then grow from what you're watching. Right. Um, and so as a note, I just looked it up. Master Shooky, Shooky Ron was the fight choreographer also okay. of, uh, uh, one of two fight choreographers for kickboxer three, but I do know okay. that kickboxer four, as I mentioned before, is Burton Richardson, who's a yeah. famous Jeet Kune Do practitioner under yeah. Guru Dan. I mean, Jeet Kune Do, C-Lot. Uh, kickboxing, boxing. He he trained Chris Lieben for a while and a very talented fight choreographer uh, who was from the Inasano Academy. And that's why in Kickboxer 4, you actually see Chad Stahelski mm -hmm. as in 8711 founder Chad Stahelski. And he was another great interview on 
Scott Adkins show. And it's so funny. So many of these old school guys, like, and then Daniel Bernhardt on the show, they all talk yes. about Chad, Chad Stahowski comes up so much, not counting his own episode, obviously, but all these guys, <laughs> Gary Daniels brings them up in his episode because they were friends and he was uh, in Heat Seeker and a couple other mm-hmm. Gary Daniels ones. And we had talked about that when we interviewed Keith Cook, how Chad Stahelski was in Heat Seeker. And yep. uh, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. But anyways, Burton Richardson uh, did number four, the fight choreography. And yeah. uh, you, you see a big difference, especially in that one, because that one had like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It had yeah. uh, kickboxing. It had C-Lot. It had a, a varied amount of uh, martial arts in there. Absolutely. Um, which brings me to something that you just mentioned. You mentioned Daniel Bernhardt, and I know I texted you this. His kicks in Bloodsport 2 are so good. So good. He has, the the interesting part is, it's Bloodsport 2 and 3. And I I will be the first one to say number 4 is terrible. I've never been able to watch it all the way through. Mm -hmm. I think he would admit that too, though, but 2 and 3 are phenomenal. Extremely underrated. You, you think, oh, it's just this straight to VHS. Well, I remember seeing it as a kid and being like, wow, from that one angle, that guy looks a lot like Van Damme. But uh, <laughs> it's just, they're so good. And uh, I believe, so on number two, I can't remember if Chad Stahowski works on it. Philip Tan was a big driving force behind number two. And then number three, Chad Stahowski was there. JJ Perry was there. And yeah. uh, even when you watch him, like his fight scene with J.J. Perry in number three. J.J. Perry's an incredible kicker, phenomenal Taekwondo competitor and so fast. And Daniel Bernhardt, who has this bigger, thicker, longer build, his kicks are, they're not as fast, but they're close. And it's yeah. those long limbs of his that give him this, you know, like when he does a spinning wheel kick as opposed to a spinning hook kick, like it's it's big, it's powerful. It may not be as fast as some of these other guys, like with their spinning hook kick and stuff, but it's just the aesthetics, uh, yeah. And a lot of that has to come from that. Uh, and I believe he has a Taekwondo background originally. And a lot, a lot of those Taekwondo kicks, cause that's what he and Scott Atkins were talking about a bit. Just the aesthetics of that and the body structure just looks beautiful. All right. It, it, and I, I was, I had seen it before uh, obviously. And I just, that was like one of the movies I downloaded to watch on the plane flying back to the, to the West coast. I'm like, this guy's kicks are great. And the, right. the flight, the flight was longer than just one movie. So I just replayed the movie, uh, just to watch, just to watch the kicks and his like charisma and just relax. I mean, it's just, it, uh, I, I had always appreciated him before, but I appreciate him so much more now. Maybe it's yeah. because it's like such close quarters. I'm watching on my phone. I'm like, wow, that's, that's at this angle and it's smooth. And as a side note, they just announced uh, recently, or I just saw something pop up. I think he posted it. He's going to be in the new Matrix movie again. Oh, They're bringing great. back his, uh, I'm assuming his same aging character he played and reloaded. And was he actually in Revolutions or just reloaded? I don't recall. I, uh, I, 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 I really appreciated the first Matrix, but then with each progression, I, I well, became a little divested. I haven't watched Matrix Revolution since it first came out. Matrix Reloaded, I've watched numerous times because of the phenomenal yeah. action in it. And I remember yeah. when Daniel Bernhardt had been announced as being in the new movies, I was already a fan of his at this point. So like 2001. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, guys, Daniel Bernhardt's in the new matrix movie. And my friends are like, who? I'm like, remember I had you watch that movie, true vengeance. They're like, uh, I'm like blood sport too. Oh, the Van Damme lookalike guy. I'm like, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the same as me with the expendables. When I heard Gary Daniels was in it, yes. I was like, we're going to this telling my friends and they're like, yeah, we're, we're definitely going. I'm like, yeah, but Gary Danielson, you got to keep your eye out for him as a side note. And I may have mentioned this before. Can't remember. So people forget nowadays, all the old school guys have social media. They have Facebook, they have Instagram. It's easy to get in contact with these guys, but like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, none of them had it. None of, and obviously, you know, Facebook for the longest time was only for college students. They didn't have my spaces, blah, blah, blah. You can never get a hold of these guys. It was so hard to find where they were and to go train with them. But Gary Daniels had a MySpace back in the day. And when <laughs> Expendables was announced and he was in the cast, or once he had finally been cast, obviously I had a Facebook at this point, but Gary Daniels only had a MySpace. And I messaged him and I said, congratulations, so well-deserved, blah, blah, blah. And he messaged me back. And nice. he said, I think it was something along the lines of, it was either just thank you or thanks, mate, or probably not mate, just, just thank you, AJ, I think is what he said. Because oh, him... And Richard Norton 
are the only two that had ever responded to me around that era, like circa, you know, so oh. Expendables is 2010, but Richard Norton, I actually emailed him through his website, wondering if he had any sort of internship opportunities or something when I was in film school. And <laughs> okay. he's like, Oh no, mate, sorry. Not right now. No, 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 no. But the fact that he actually got back to me and, you know, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's phenomenal. What, what's I, I mean, you've, you've interacted with him and I, I have too. It's like, it's funny because he makes you feel like you're a friend and you're yes. equal. And I mean, of course it's all human beings are equal, but come on, he's Richard Norton and we're fans. And I mean, oh. we might also be, and you know, it's like, he makes you feel, he'll sit down and like, I, I was lucky because I was in a hotel uh, lobby where there was like a seminar that he was involved in. He left and there were just other fans hanging out, you know, uh, we're all grabbing a beer and then he came back and then we just uh, ended up having a beer together. And like, this is Richard Norton and he's, and he's you know, he, I don't know, he's just so friendly and, and genuine and like, emulates really what uh martial arts is not just about the great kicks it's about just the the lifestyle and and the mastery the, of emotions and he, it was yeah. just yeah he makes you feel like a, a world-class citizen which is that's the that's the know. part so sometimes people when they break down martial arts they're like oh the martial just the fighting oh mma guys about oh art is oh the performance-based stuff no the art part of it is also the way of life, like the Bushido, yeah. you know, code of living. And which is something, yeah. even myself, I've been trying. So one last thing that I've been doing a lot recently is exploring, because I've always found it interesting, uh, is Buddhism. And mm -hmm. it's funny, my mom bought me a book like 20 years ago for Christmas. Uh, it's like a real basic introduction to Buddhism. So I've been rereading that. And just, you know, a lot of, obviously there's correlations, especially in Japanese martial arts, where Zen is literally part of the training. Yeah. Uh, you know, like one of the main styles I did, uh, my main foundation art, I would say Shirinji Kempo, which I did throughout college where Zen is literally, it's an official religion. Uh, and so that's something I've been exploring. And as you saw this morning in the mail, I just got my yep. copy of the killing machine, AKA Shirinji Kempo, this, uh, highly fictionalized story of Doshin So, the creator of Shirinji Kempo. Uh, I finally got the remastered version of it in Japanese, which I've never got to watch. I had the dubbed version called The Killing Machine for years, but that's the movie that inspired me to get into Shirinji Kempo, which is a whole nother story for me. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I think maybe our next episode, I'm going to call it right now. We're going to do The Killing Machine, which it's oh, available on YouTube. It. So if you don't okay. have it, you can watch the English dub version on YouTube. Let's uh, do it. But otherwise, so I'm saying right now, our next episode, we're going to do The Killing Machine, AKA Shirinji Kempo, the classic Sunny Chiba. 1970 maybe five uh biographical film one of many biographical martial arts films he did because i mean he did the one on doshin so he did the whole series with masoyama on masoyama like four or five movies he did the one on aikido uh all sorts of good stuff but the crazy part was he had trained under all these guys and had black belts under all of them so it wasn't a stretch and when you watch him you're like you know you watch the Masayama films and you see his Kyokushin's legit because yeah. Kyokushin is actually, if I'm not mistaken, kind of the main foundation striking art of Sonny Chiba. Cause he started training with Masayama before he was famous, like at the beginning days and before Sonny Chiba was famous, I was referring to mm -hmm. Masayama's worldwide fame too. Uh, and so, but then you watch uh, the Shrinji Kempo film and you see his technique is just flawed. So I'll stop right there, but otherwise I'm going to call that as our next episode. Okay. Do we have any closing thoughts for today? Uh, you know, um, I have a t-shirt that's on the way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's on that's the way. Right. Priority mail. I was hoping I would get it before the, oh. before well, the episode started. I am wearing. I was noticing yours. Yes. This is the newest one from the same designer union designs. This is their newest Bruce Lee shirt. Oh. Very nice. Yeah. So loving this and I can't wait to see your new shirt. Yeah. So spoil. by next episode and we should do a new episode sooner than four or five months. Oh yeah, no, we'll do one uh, next week. Now that we're kind of up and running in both of our spots, we had a lot going on the last few months, both of us yeah. personally, uh, moving wise. Uh, I was working a, a new job uh, that uh, for didn't a deliver. Uh, no, I didn't <laughs> deliver. No. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but now I'm kind of focusing back on this stuff that the stuff, you know, that I'm truly passionate about and love so uh, I'm very fortunate to be doing that. And yeah, so we'll definitely record one uh, next week for sure. Maybe we'll do uh, two or something. That sounds good to me. All right. Sounds good.
Good seeing okay. you, buddy. Well, good to see you soon. too. All right. Peace. Take care.